This is just winging it. The weirdest episode of this podcast. We this is this is our setup right now for those of it's you who can see this, which is literally everybody who's listening to this. Other That's than true. Us. I hope. I mean, I hope. That's true. There could be people spying on us right now. There could be someone out my window right now looking at me. There's definitely a turkey looking at you right now. <laughs> so, the, so our setup today is that I'm in the studio yeah. with the wrong microphone. John is at home, recumbent on the couch. Uh, I'm assuming covered in vomit that I can't After quite see. a night full of puking. After yeah. a night of puking, and mm-hmm. he has uh, an outdoor... They're actually called dead kittens. It's like a it's a wind baffling device. Oh, but that's so funny! I haven't heard that. Frame. I've heard another. I can't even remember what the other name for it is. There's, there's so many names. Well, basically, it looks like, like Chewbacca's penis. It. it looks like it looks like John is inches away from Chewbacca's <laughs> penis. There's a lot of sexual tension going on, which right is appropriate now. for this episode. It's appropriate yeah. for yeah. this episode. And so I'm just sitting on my couch right now with yeah. my feet reclined. So and what's this, going on with you? This awkward microphone in my face. Um. Well, you know, it, it was. Uh, I thought we were in the clear after already going through the household uh, puke, you know, event. Pukapalooza. Only, only. I don't know. I feel like we just talked about it that time. It was actually the last time we were doing a remote recording, and I was, you know, looked like I was going to vomit on the camera. Yeah, you look and, the same. Uh, yeah, I look. I do. I imagine I even look worse now. Um, yeah. So I. Well, it started, I guess, last weekend when we were on our way to visit my sister-in-law. And, you know, Grace now, anytime she's in the car, we're just, like, ready for her to puke. Because she gets really? motion sick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and you know, it ha- probably happens, like, I don't know, maybe only realistic three or four times a year. But... That's a lot. It's, it's yeah. So, so <laughs> we heard her make a sound in the back of the car... And immediately we're like jumping and we're like, do you need the bucket? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, no, I'm just yawning. <laughs> <laughs> she's like irritated with us at this point because we're just so on edge about it. You know, it any could sound like, that she makes. When you yawn, don't go. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. It doesn't really help. <laughs> yeah, nor does that sound help me right now. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but so, you, so you guys are primed for a disaster in the car at this point. Yeah, so so we're primed for it, but it turned out she was actually she was okay, and she didn't throw up. It was like a forty minute drive, and then we get there and you know having fun at at uh, my sister in law's house, and then she um, she's saying that she feels like she has to throw up, and she's like, you know, if she says this, she's she's means it. She's she's pretty good about it. This is not an empty threat. It's not an empty. This threat. is actionable. Right, but of course I'm still in denial, and you know I'm like, you sure? You sure you're not just hungry? You know, right, right. <laughs> Looking for anything? Are you and, just grumpy? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's sitting with a with a bucket there, and she ended up being fine. But then we get in the car, and within like five minutes of the car ride, she's just vomiting. Um, and she got the bucket. Like she's a pro now. She doesn't even get upset anymore. She just like knows that she's gonna puke and then feel better. So she, it's just like you know. That is so like, much more more mature than I am about this. Yeah, I know. We'll get to that Me momentarily, too. but I am so not there yet, and I would yeah. like to be. Yeah. And so I'm very proud of her, but also it's a little sad. Like, I'm impressed, but it's, also it's, it's really tragic, yeah. So that was last weekend, and then Luke was um, sick for a little bit, and then and she also had explosive diarrhea, like couldn't even control it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> the poor kid, it's it was so funny, sad. It's not funny, but it is. It was, so, it was so sad. Like, she just couldn't even... One morning she woke up and and it stunk in the bedroom and of course I thought it was Luke's diaper, right? And sure enough, like she's getting changed and her her ass is just covered in diarrhea. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> she had she had just fucking took a dump while she was sleeping. A sleep dump. A sleep dump. Yeah, that's how bad it was. She just had no control over it. So uh, hopefully, you know, I was I'm thinking about how they're gonna our kids are gonna listen to this show someday. When they're yeah. older and appreciate these uh, awful stories about them, I was literally thinking about that this morning because I have a story similar to yours that yeah. is like super embarrassing for my kids. But you know what? They can deal with it because <laughs> they are. We've raised them strong. That's uh, right. But but Resilient. Jude shit on me in the shower last night. So so this is my my like little one oh, second. No. thing. So the backstory of this is that I destroyed my back at the gym the other day. Like I just and Micah had Were done it like two weeks earlier. 
<laughs> yeah, I was on a trampoline having flashbacks to my coccyx injury. Inj- right. <clears throat> Deadlifting, um, 400 pounds. 3,000 pounds. So yeah. Micah had injured her back uh, like two weeks ago. And, um, oh, no. And I was thinking, like, that's so weird because that never really happens. And, of course, then I injured my back. And it was, like, <laughs> sudden, and it was, and I deserved it because I was in a hurry and yeah. I should not have been, you know, lifting that way. And, and I just was kind of rushing as I wanted to get home. And I felt a sharp pain and I fucked my back up and it's my fault. And I'm, I'm going to deal with it. But part of dealing with it was, well, you know, I'll hop in the shower, right? Yeah. Take yeah, a nice, course. nice warm shower. Um, but the kids who both smelled terrible because they had been just playing all weekend and having a great time. I was like, well, why don't we all like yeah. hop in there and, you know, take a shower together and get it over mm-hmm. with. So we're sitting in the shower. <laughs> Sitting in the oh no! And I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to come up with a game, of course, because I always have to have some sort of like an ulterior motive. So I'm like, well, yeah, let's like play a game, right? Right. So the game was, it was actually something. This is based on real life. This is based on a game that I used to play alone in the shower as a child, where I pretended that we were on top of a skyscraper in some uh-huh. small apartment with a hole in the roof, and it was raining. And the game was like, how do you get down when you're on top of this like you know incredibly narrow skyscraper? And there's like no other way. So we were kind of talking about ways to get down. And what the fuck? That's trying so to come specific up. and random. It is, but once you're, I'm telling you, next time you get in the shower, you pretend you're on top of a skyscraper and it's fucking raining out, and you tell me you aren't, and your imagination doesn't go in amazing. That sounds places. terrible. It does sound terrible. So anyway, Henry was like, of course, let's just jump down. Yeah. Um, Jude was like, well, we could take out the elevator and like slide down the middle. And I was saying we need to build a wingsuit. And it was getting, we were having fun with this whole idea. Sure. And sure. then all of a sudden I look and Henry's just covered in blood. What? Yeah, he had a bloody nose out of absolutely nowhere. So I'm Does he and now get I'm crippled, okay? I am on the floor of the shower cuz I'm trying to get my back better. So I'm tr- I'm trying to like lurch forward to get Henry who now has realized that there's blood everywhere and is screaming and Jude who is terrified. Oh, and I'm no. like trying to like mop up Henry's blood, but of course I can't cuz anybody who's thrown their back out knows it's painful to like do anything, right? Oh, so I'm yeah. like I'm struggling and grunting trying to like help his blood and then Jude just out of nowhere just shits. <laughs> just like takes a shit and he's like oh sorry and I'm like dude like just like full form not 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 like sick just like what he just took fuck? a dump and I was like I, I guess because he was like relaxed because it was like a warm shower and he was kind of or was he off stressed guard. because of the blood maybe he was stressed because we were trapped on top of a skyscraper and his so father's a fucking psycho your shower just turned into a bloody poopy disaster just blood and shit and I'm still on the floor trying to like get up because my back hurts so much and I'm slipping in the blood it was just it was an absolutely terrible situation that we luckily made it through and how did you how did you turn that around uh just slowly and with great messiness (laughs) You know, I got them like, out. Like, did you just yell for Micah at that point? No, she was or? gone. I was. Uh, she, she was. was she gone. was on a run. That's probably good. Uh, Can you imagine if she just like walked into that scene? I wouldn't even wanted her to. I mean, it's like so. She just like, left. She you. left for a half hour, and in that half hour, I'm crippled. The kids are bleeding and shitting. Uh, yeah, I. You know, so it was okay. And she got back and she helped a little bit with some of the after the after effects of the kids. Wow. Up. But it was it was very intense. Um, but uh, I do have to say that in the midst of this, though, we added to our uh, imagination scenario all of the real events that were happening. <laughs> so like we didn't break the simulation okay now there was you blood and shit involved. yeah we did it was oh great my God. and then even while Jude was on the toilet finishing up which by the way yeah. he still had like a lot of shit in there so I think this might have been a constipation that we didn't know was going on or something but while he's like still getting the rest <laughs> of the shit out he's like so what if like what if we cut our pajamas and made like you know like airfoils out of that and we could like you know jump out sure and I was like Jude it's okay we've You've earned the right to have escaped down the side of the shit blood skyscraper. It was a weird night. That is fucked up. Yeah, it is fucked up. I have up. to say. That might be the only time on earth that's ever happened. That we, you, that that a father and two kids have bled and shit in a bathtub while pretending they were escaping from a burning skyscraper. It yeah. wasn't burning, it was flooding. I'm pretty sure that's the only time it's ever happened. Maybe. So you should feel you should feel special for that, I guess, right? Because there's not much you can history. say that about anymore. You know, uh, speaking of nausea briefly um yeah let's let's this, speak of more nausea let's do it so i've had like two bad nausea experiences in the last mm-hmm. week and and for me as you know and anybody who listens to this knows that's a big deal because i fucking hate feeling sick to my stomach the first as one was to the rest of us who fucking love it everybody loves it well i feel like everybody else just like deals with it i i go into like crisis as soon as i have <laughs> any kind of gas or anything i i'm like this is the end it's been a beautiful ride uh so last week after this big event we had in Los Angeles, which we can yeah. talk about on another we, show, but one of my other podcasts, we had a, 
a, a really awesome um, it was it was a commemorative event celebrating Blade Runner which is set in Los Angeles in November of 2019 so in Los Angeles in November of 2019 we held this big event and people came from around the world and it was amazing and it was just incredible and by the end of it I was really tired and I'd had too much to eat and I had drank and I'd smoked <laughs> a little pot and I was sort of feeling kind of sick to my stomach uh-huh. and then like right before I was about to uh, go out for like the final round of the night which was to this big themed bar that we had this crossover deal with I got like crazy sick to my stomach Oh, no. And this coincided with, like, waves of people who had been looking forward to, like, meeting me after the show coming up. And I'm, like, <laughs> looking at them and fucking my eyes are going cross-eyed and I'm getting sweaty. And, of course, <laughs> I, I know that this will not last for the rest of my life. This is yeah, transient, yeah, you know. Yeah. But in that moment, my life will be ending in 10 minutes and I will be thankful because the stomachache is so fucking bad so I just like sat down on a park bench and just waited for this nausea to pass and now all of these like shoulder of Orion fans probably throw a lining up douchebag um and then this morning I got sick to my stomach because I'm all those travel medications like we talked about forever ago Mm, and uh and I and I had to start taking my anti-malarials today in preparation for flying to Africa tomorrow which can also yeah cause nausea and that caused yes it does uh Profound, and at least profound. for me, which is anything over one burp, you know, that's profound. Yeah. So I get on the on the train this morning, and I'm like, I mean, you know that feeling when you're just trapped and like you feel so sick, and you're like, I'm the train is barf. that's why I didn't go into work today primarily. I mean, you know, because I haven't puked since like middle of the night, but Ugh. I knew that the train ride would kill me. Oh, because it's like too hot, and you're like trapped. Yeah, and you have to like either shit barf or like pass out <laughs> and you're like one of these things is going to happen or I'm somehow going to beat the odds and make it through this trip but like yeah but it's just a, it's a terrible situation to be in so I'm sitting there like the train is spinning I'm like sweating openly like really hard sweating I'm like clammy I'm trying to avoid people's eye contact I feel like I'm going to fucking die and then somebody in front of me has a medical emergency what and the EMS comes and the train is like getting an emergency like up to the front of the line to like make it off and like they're having an actual seizure and immediately I'm like oh okay I'm okay <laughs> I was like, I guess I wasn't actually that sick, and it made me wonder. Like, for, first off, that person is okay. They were they were taken off, and they probably was a seizure. So that, that you know of, you don't have to yeah. be hung up on that. But I was honestly like, this is psychosomatic for me. I am I I start getting nauseous, and so I much can't of it is stop. Mental. Yeah, yeah. But, but I was other, fine. The other thing that's amazing is that your body just like holds out, you know, because like for me yesterday, I was coming home from a party, and uh, it was like. Four o'clock or something, In and I morning? could just feel it on the drive back build up. Yeah, and and then but but you know I was driving, which is good because if I was in the passenger seat, I definitely would have barfed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's something you just your body's like, all right, hold, hold. Yep. And then as soon as I got home, I literally was like running in at that point and just I, I don't think I've ever actually I must have puked like all of the body my the water in my body, which isn't yep. good because that probably means. You You'd probably die. Yeah, that's 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 dead. <laughs> um, did you puke or did you shit first? Violent. It was violent. Did, but you you barfed before the poop came out. Yes. Did you poop as well? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Because that can be it can be frightening when you don't have when you don't oh know which God. way it's going to go. So right? bad. I know. And you sit down. And it, it, what happens to me quite a lot? I'm sure our listeners are loving this episode. <laughs> know, what happens right? to me a lot is is I as I'm so sure that I'm going to barf. And I'm just feeling it, and I'm feeling it, and then I have that moment where, like, oh my god, it's a shit, and then I have to just race <laughs> to the toilet, right? I yes. hate that feeling. Yep, yep. That's anyway, why you have to have I'm a glad you're feeling. I'm glad you're feeling well enough to uh, give Chewbacca a blowjob live on air today <laughs> and to record. Anytime. And I hope you feel better. Thank you. Maybe that's a good segue to our Star Wars episode. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck are we doing? I don't even know. I don't know, but you know, I'm between time zones, and you're between bathroom breaks, and uh, this is a good time to connect. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just get you got to find those windows of time, right? Yeah. So my first question to you, yeah, John, father of Luke, is: uh, Have you gotten Disney Plus yet? You're going to say no, and I'm going to get mad. Well, you know that it's a no because you texted me about this like yesterday. Yeah, but you had a day to do it. I had a day. I know. So here's the thing: I've I've been holding out because I think I need to upgrade our like Verizon plan, and I know it comes free with Verizon. Yeah, it does for a year. So I'm gonna try to do that. Okay, but fair I'm also you know isn't it isn't Mandalorian one of those things where you have to watch it once a week anyway? Yeah. So and if it's I killing wait, me because it's so good. But the first but two I, are up right now. Okay, but if I wait longer, it'll be it'll be able to watch all of them. 
That's true, but you're going to love it. It is so I'm very excited good. about it. Now that you've said it's good, because I, I hadn't heard from anybody that I know yet until you did, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, it is It is so great. Uh, this episode is not sponsored by Disney or Disney+, Plus, but if either of those entities would like to get on board with a larger, more powerful brand, um, Just Wing It would be happy to partner. Yeah. Because uh, we understand that they could use the visibility, and this podcast platform would provide that. That's true. And the reality is, just by mentioning Disney, this is probably the last episode you're going to hear of this show, because they'll probably <laughs> sue us and take us down. It will be murdered. <laughs> um, black I'm pretty sure you're supposed to get like licensing just to even talk about Star Wars, but, you know, we'll be fine. They are crazy with that shit. Oh, they are. They are. I've heard that they go after, like, uh, like high school or any kind of, like, sh- uh, you know, theater companies that do any kind of Disney thing, like, uh, you know, Disney medley or any Disney show, like, and they like will a band hunt concert. You, they yeah. will hunt you down. Well, they go after preschools that use Disney shit in their advertising, you know, like they, they yeah. go, yeah. I mean, we had dinner at a place this weekend that had a, uh, I guess it was Mario, but I'm thinking like, you know, Nintendo, like, I really hope that Nintendo doesn't shoot this restaurant down because it was damn good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Disney plus is, uh, is just absolutely an incredible value. And I really recommend it. So, so this is like, you know, they're not sponsoring the show. Maybe they will be. We'll see. But my, my point of bringing this up is that um, this is like such a win for parents. Oh, it is for people God, in totally. general. But the amount yeah. of con- – I was kind of assuming that they would not have that much on there. It is like almost everything, including classic animated films. That's awesome. All of the, like, the TV shows that you've forgotten about, like the animated series from the 90s and things. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just so much. And when you combine that with everything that they've bought with Marvel and Star Wars and all the others. It's National crazy. Geographic. It's it's freaking crazy. Yeah. Pixar, yeah. All the Pixar movies. I mean, it's it's like uh, – it's insane. And, and the kids, of course – of course love it because so many of their beloved franchises are all there in one place now we don't have to like wait for it to come around you don't um, have to get it out of the vault but a big a big deal a big deal is the Star Wars stuff uh, TLJ mm-hmm. for whatever reason is not up there probably because it's still on Netflix or something yeah. but other than that like everything all of the movies all of the animated series uh, it's it's absolutely absurd and that <laughs> means that now I think uh, our kids are going to start getting more deeply into Star Wars, which is something that they kind of flirted with for a while. But you mm. know, the superhero thing has always been. Have they seen the out. movies yet? They've seen most of them. Yeah. Okay. Grace. They, they have not so seen far, the prequels. For us, Grace has seen New Hope, and that was like one day when she was sick, when she was like two, I think. Right. And and she really liked it. Although she still, it's the the trash compactor scene was the thing that just like stressed her out. Did I tell She'll you about Jude with that scene? Mention that. What's that? Has this come up before? That's Jude's big sticking point. He cannot watch New Hope because That's of the so trash funny. compactor I think, scene. Yeah, I think it did come up actually. Yeah, I think I think we've talked about this before. But so because I to shown me, that's not the that, rest of that harrowing. Like, but for kids, apparently, that? That, well, for me, it's not that harrowing of a sequence. But but it sounds like for kids, that's like a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's something we take for granted. But the idea of being stuck in a fucking compactor, it's creepy. Sounds kind of nice. <laughs> it's like a hug. I guess there are worse ways to go. It's like a squishy hug. A squishy hug. But the squishing um, is but yourself. But I haven't done the others yet because, I mean, it gets darker. And, I mean, God, I can't even get Grace. Grace won't watch Frozen. I don't even know why. She's just convinced that it's scary. And I'm not complaining because I don't feel like listening to the music again right now. I just, it's too much. Yeah. But um, we were going to watch that because Frozen 2 is coming out. Mm-hmm. And, we we're we were gonna go to like this free you know screening and uh, we can't even get her to go so I don't think it's gonna work to watch the rest of Star Wars quite yet. Is she? It, well, you you might be surprised because Jude is similarly in that phase still where he's just like really putting his foot down on things that he's afraid of, and a lot of yeah. it is things where I'm like that's not even it's not even like supposed to be frightening for anybody, right, but right. it's just something that he for whatever reason has decided that he's kind of afraid of, and I'm respecting yeah. that, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but with you know with Empire, which is a very dark Star Wars movie, he's loving that, you know. Oh, like, that's, that's good. And that's something that I, I guess it's just sort of whatever they happen to be afraid of at any given point in time. That's true. That's true. But, and then uh, Clone Wars, right? Have you done that? Yeah, right. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And all of that is on Disney+. Plus. That's awesome. And Rebels, too. And that's like so much programming for kids. Oh, yeah. That's so much. I'm I'm really excited. I mean, so for Luke, he, he just like, you know, any Star Wars book we have, he's obsessed. And he he just knows all of the people in it. <laughs> so that's a big, a big thing for him. I've seen him with yeah. many Yoda shirts. I'm not going to spoil anything. You have to watch The Mandalorian with them, like, now. Like, take I think I saw a screenshot of like a baby Yoda or some shit. I okay, don't well, know I'm not going to say any more about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm but not going to say I anything. I know, I know. I have to watch it. 
You do have to I watch will. it. I will. What's your uh, What's your personal history with Star Wars? I know it's something that's very important to both of us. Like, what's What's your background with Star Wars? Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to think about it, and I was trying to remember how much of this is just in my head and how much is reality. But I'm fairly certain I I saw A New Hope in in a theater when it was like re released. In 1977. <laughs> well, no, no, when it was re-released. Yeah, I know, it was a special edition, they had, probably. They yeah, had, the like, 90s. a few re-releases in the theater, didn't they? Yeah, they had the, spe- the when the, when the special edition came out um, in the in 97? Yeah, so that, that, that'd probably be that, about right. And then yeah. when did um, when did uh, Phantom Menace come out? In 99. 99, okay. So, so yeah, it was probably that. I, you know, and I remember seeing it in theater and uh, that being... A pretty big deal and then for me certainly you know even though phantom menace is kind of a piece of shit um it was a big deal for me because i was in middle school at that time so i was like prime age and um my parents let me skip school so that i could go you know wait in line and see it and i just remember that event right of um, seeing the Phantom Menace, you know, after not having a Star Wars movie for so long, it's easy to forget what a huge cultural deal the Phantom Menace right? was for so huge. many of us. Yeah, um, yeah. Not only because for for a lot of us who were introduced after the trilogy was in theaters, you know, it's the first time we'd been able to like see a new Star Wars movie since we were very little children. Right. But also because uh, it was it were you know George Lucas was returning to it, and it was a, a, a one of the first like almost entirely digitally filmed mm-hmm. movies. And it was in the era of it was in like the the new era of the blockbuster that was kind of forged with Titanic a couple of years earlier, That's right? right? Where That's right. Just yeah. enormous, yeah. enormous event releases of things, and st- and the Phantom Menace just like landed right in the middle of that zeitgeist. Yes. And yeah, it was a huge deal when it came out. And so for me, that was the first like movie event, you know, for me that I ever, at least that I remember. I mean, yeah, Titanic was definitely a big deal at the time too, but. Yeah, but you, you know, weren't like one where people dressed are, up for it. Yeah, exactly. People were dressed up, and there were lines, and it was just a lot of fun. And certainly at the time, I you know I probably loved the movie at the time because um, it was just so exciting, you know. And like obviously, there's some really cool scenes, but um, so that that definitely was a big deal for me. And then I don't know. I guess I just I would describe myself as someone who I never got to like a so-called you know fanatic state with star wars like i'm not someone who's going to be able to tell you every you know planet name or like all the details in a way that someone who is uh into it to a much bigger level is you know for me i mean i guess i don't really get like that with anything (laughs) um you two is the closest and even that you know certainly when i go to some of the shows that there are people who you know have fucking tattoos and shit Um, it's true there's always somebody even more obsessive than you you know? Yeah, that's true. And exactly. I say that as somebody who's usually that person for other yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm very used to being the example of like going too far <laughs> with something. But there are people who are more obsessive even with like Alien than I am. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. That's the thing. And so with Star Wars, you know, I'm, I'm certainly a fan. And for me, I think what, what Soak has connected is that, um, well, it's a couple things. I mean, and it's, you know, obvious stuff. But, I mean, it is such a, such a perfect um, hero's journey kind of story. And you combine that with um, the the science fiction and the the you know graphics and the way that they did practical effects and I mean it was just mind blowing you know it's it's it was such an achievement and even watching it now it still it still holds up completely um, weirdly well I have to say yeah, uh, I think yeah. a lot of that is due to the practical effects part of it's right. due to the fact that they keep kind of going back and cleaning it up and reissuing it yeah that's true although some of that worse. stuff is bullshit yeah yeah <laughs> Um, but but it does it does hold up pretty seamlessly well from a visual standpoint and the storytelling I agree is so universal yeah and yeah. so fundamentally simple and so at its heart optimistic that I think it's eternally relevant for people uh, as like sort of a beacon of hope and, and of something that can fire up the imaginations of children really effectively for but sure. also give adults this this really clear tie to their own childhood when there was a time where they really could sit down in a cardboard box and pretend they were flying an X fighter. An X fighter, an X wing, and 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 that nobody would you know think twice about it because of course that's what you do. You use your imagination, you know. Right, right. And some of the concepts in there. I mean, you think of the the concept of a fucking lightsaber, and it's just amazing, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know if you've played it at all, but there's a VR uh, or I guess it's AR augmented reality thing that came out maybe a couple of years ago now. Um, 
that is a, it's a headset you put on and then you hold a lightsaber and you're able to actually like duel you know different villains mm. it's, it's amazing it's so cool is it I still like is it. it still working can yeah you still get it? oh totally we're gonna have a duel bitch we we definitely have to because you can definitely do multiplayer as well which would be amazing um, something that I'm struck by with Star Wars and, and watching The Mandalorian has reminded... By the way, The Mandalorian, just in case people who are listening to this don't know what the hell I'm talking about, yeah. it is the first live-action um, Star Wars television series. Right. So, and, and it is premiered as part of the, the premiere programming on Disney+, Plus, and it's this uh, multi-part uh, series following a Mandalorian, which is a member of the same race as Boba Fett, mm-hmm. famously, and Jango Fett. And when does um, it take place? It takes place after the fall of the Empire. So, and that's like a really great historical thing that's kind of threaded throughout. You see all these artifacts from things and all these stormtroopers who are kind of like refugees and they're kind mm. of like, it's, it's very interesting. But so what cool. I love about it, um, and I'm saying this as somebody who actually likes the new films, the sequels quite a bit, and, and I find yeah. myself sticking up for them a lot. Um, but I, I, you know, we have the Rise of Skywalker coming out in a matter right. of weeks at this point. Right. And I'm not like super excited about it. Partly, I think, because the last few films have been so emotionally fraught mm. and so intense, I know. and there's so much riding on them, and there's these characters that have meant there's so much so to much. so many people, and it's just this—it's become such a big thing. And The Mandalorian doesn't suffer from any of that That's because right. it's like just a cool yeah. kind of western where you're just in the Star Wars universe and like battling aliens and flying yeah. around in cool yeah. spaceships. And it brought me back as we were watching it to what Star Wars was to me as a child, mm. which was really that. It was the sense the of, like... The Western thing, yeah, is a big deal, is a big part of it, too, right? It had definitely yeah. had that sort of energy with it and uh, the gunslinger kind of thing. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, the gunslinger of the lights or the lightsaber, you know, wielding right, Jedi, right? Right, yeah. Um, but that sense of, like, of it's fun. There's a deep fun aspect to it, in addition to the emotional yeah. part. No, I think you're totally right about that. I think more than anything, when I watch them again, even... I was reminded of just how fucking fun they are, you know? Because, yeah. like, at the end of the day, I think that they are a masterpiece in terms of um, the technical achievement and, you know, there's many things about them. But, but like, you know, the actual storytelling and acting is not amazing, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, it's, the, it's the execution of all of it and the fact that it is just so much fun. And it just it's suffused with that spirit. There's way yeah, better movies yeah. out there than any of the original trilogy, even though we yeah. love those movies so much. Totally, right? totally. There are way better scripts. There's yeah. way better effects. Even 2001 came out, you that's know, true. more than a decade before New Hope came out, and yeah, that that's looks crazy better to in a think. lot of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's about how that all came together in this very deep, joyful way to tell a yeah. very deep story yeah. that feels like it's always just as exciting as the first time you watched it. I mean, the throne room sequence at the end of New Hope will yeah. always get me feeling like I have to stand up and clap, you know? <laughs> and Chewie roaring at the end. It's just it's just like such a fun feeling. And I feel it like uh, and that's I something, the, that, uh, something that I wanted to like pass along with The Mandalorian is that it captures that, it's not like triumphant and huge yet because it just started, but it has right, the same right, sense right. of like, of, of like let's put a mask on and go run around and like play with brooms and pretend they're lightsabers. Mm. And the first thing the kids did when we turned it on was like make little capes for themselves, like Mandalorian capes. Yeah. And then put like, Jude literally put a paper bag on for armor and we were just like <laughs> jumping around. I was like, man, that's so, that's so fun. That's you know? the magic. Yeah, for sure. And I think for me, when, when it rebooted, you know, yet again with the force awakens, I, um, I definitely felt that energy again. And, you know, it obviously gets some criticism for basically being a new hope again, but, <laughs> But it totally did rekindle that, you know, that energy. And I remember feeling just the the excitement of that going into it, but then watching it too. It's just so much fun to watch, you know, say what you it will is. about it and criticize it or whatever. But I mean, it was so much fun. And I think that yet again, in this new era now, you see the, the special effects, you know, unlike um, Phantom Menace and the other two, which I suppose in some ways were a big deal at the time with effects too but now I watch them and like they they're the ones that actually don't hold up well in terms of some of the effects you know um Completely. so so you you were saying that you're you're more of a fan of these um the latest 3 well 2 that we've seen so far right um and also Rogue One not not so much Solo but but I, yeah, I do yeah, I do yeah, like yeah. the newer the newer films quite a bit 
uh, and and I, they're great to watch with the kids, especially Force Awakens. Like you're right for all of its flaws, and I totally admit that that's a valid complaint, and I get yeah. it. I get, I get why people have issues with it. Right, uh, right. It's not a movie that I think about on a deep level. It's not a movie that like resonates in my heart or anything. Yeah. But it's a movie that is really fun to fucking sit down oh, and watch. Oh, it's so much fun, and it yeah. makes me want to go like explore the galaxy and and leap around and have fun with the kids. Like the, it, the Force Awakens is a great vehicle for that. And right. I think J.J. Abrams understands on a deep level. Um, what works about the original film, mm-hmm. especially, and I'm okay with it being kind of a retread because it, it gives us the chance to go to the theater and get really excited again, and like it's fine, you know. Oh the yeah, last, I the was last totally Jedi though, that. I know is something that that's more of a controversial one for people. True, true. And again, I get it. I understand why, and those are totally for the most part valid <laughs> reasons. So I mean, some people are, you know. I think some people assume that movies have to be have to be made specifically for them, and that, that they yes. shouldn't be challenged by the films that they watch. But, right, um, right. Oh, I, I was with it. I feel be. like I really like what they ended up doing with it, and I, I'll be interesting interested to see with um, the rise of Skywalker whether they you know sort of undo some of that or you know where they go with it. Um, and then, of course, there is the ultimately you know as you described it, I think the sort of optimism in Star Wars, it'll be interesting to see where that goes now because, of course, you know, it could go to a much darker place um, and it seems like it will, at least for part of the film, but you know, ultimately it'd be nice if it, uh, if it returns to the more optimistic view of humanity. We shall see. Totally. And I think that's 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 a deeply important thing about about Star Wars in particular and yeah. Star Trek. And I mean, it's not it's not like an accident that people confuse them all the time. Yeah, that's it's, true. They, they both, in a lot of ways, speak very deeply to this very naive idea that I think we have about ourselves and our place in the galaxy. That you know, yeah, that we are fundamentally good and that good will triumph, um, and that there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's also interesting to note when Star Wars, the, when the first, you know, when A New Hope came out which, of course, wasn't A New Hope when it came out. It's, it's hard to talk about it because you have to kind of qualify it, but yeah. we'll call it A New Hope, Episode Four. Um, you know, it came out in the, of course, 1977, which in Hollywood was a time of uh, unprecedented experimentalism, and, mm. and it was a time when you had um, all the traditional distribution models had kind of fallen apart because these huge studios had disintegrated, and you yep. know, MGM was selling hotels, and you had everything kind of all over the place. Um, and I think Hollywood was kind of ready for the next Jaws. It was basically the next Jaws, right? It was two yeah. two years later, yeah. and it was something that became an event that people talked about. But um, what's interesting is that through most of 70s cinema, especially late 70s cinema, there's this deep undercurrent of, like, distrust and kind of grimy, gritty mm. uh, realism and this mm-hmm. kind of almost nihilistic bent where there's a lot of distrust in institutions and there's a lot of, you know, social commentary and a lot of very kind of um, nuanced and acerbic filmmaking. And then Star Wars comes out, and it's almost like it was written by this incredibly precocious five-year-old, right? <laughs> totally. It's so simple. And I think yeah. part of why yeah. it, it had such an immediate impact on people is because uh, it was what it was the first time you saw it. Yeah. But what it was was enough to stick with you enough to become a part of your life and something that's foundational to it. Yeah, I think that's right, for sure. And the fact that it has endured for so long and been, you know, sort of rebirthed a couple times now um, is pretty amazing, you know? I mean, and and I think done, well, at least with the latest three, um, done in a way that is still authentic, but also, you know, giving us something new. Um, I mean, and it'll be interesting to see what Disney does, you know, in the long run and how much they sort of hopefully don't um, just cash in on it. But I'm glad to hear that Mandalorian is good. That's that's a good sign. Yeah, I think I, think I know what I think that they know what they're doing in the long run. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although it's like perhaps a little infuriating. I mean, part of me is sort of like, I don't know. Disney has just bought so much at this point. Right. They control such an enormous part of our pop cultural landscape that it's hard not to take things that they do as being even potentially malevolent, like doing things just because they can, yep. which is why I get when they when they mess with canon and when they disrupt things as much as they did with The Last Jedi, people who are going into it with that mindset that, you know, like that this fr- beloved franchise has been bought by this, you know, corporate monolith and they're going to basically just right. milk cash out of it. I can totally see why that would feed into that for them. Um, what I hope that they do, though, is they continue to create challenging new stories and like not make everything just make money. I think Rogue One is a right. great example of a movie that um, is not a traditional Star Wars film and is kind of more formally experimental, 
but is a really interesting film to watch mm. in a lot mm. of ways. Um, and I would love to see you know more of that. And I think part of why it's so great is specifically because it doesn't really hinge on the Skywalker you know le- legacy. It doesn't hinge on yes. these, these same five or six people that we see all the time in these movies, right. right? Exactly. And I think The Rise of Skywalker, for me, part of my hesitation about getting... I mean, we're going to go opening night. It's going to be amazing. But Of but, course. But I kind of like... I'm, I'm too wrapped up in that shit. Like, we've There's been so with much, these people yeah. for it so long. It almost can't live up to, to, you know, the expectation. Right? I don't know. It'll be, it'll be really difficult for it, too, I think. But I do think it's important that we have moments like this as a culture. I really do. I, I think yeah. as commercial as it is and as transient and potentially vapid as it can be, mm-hmm. I think it's important that, like, as a global, as a global popular culture, we have touchstones to come back to sometimes. You know, it's exciting. Yeah, totally. I mean, and it's it seems less common these days, given that media has so fragmented. You know, so like the the top show or any kind of popular thing these days is such a small portion of all viewership because it's just, you know, like Game of Thrones is probably the closest thing I can think of in terms of, you know, hitting that sort of pop culture level. But the reality is it's I'm sure it's a you know, less than twenty percent um of T V viewers watched it, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Whereas as opposed it used to, like, to be that like yeah, I love well, Lucy like or Mash. something. You know, like in the seventies, right, right. right? Or the eighties, mm-hmm. like these shows that would have like half of the television viewing audience of the country right. at one amazing. time. Amazing. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. So yeah, it is it it's it's nice to have these these events still. I mean, I guess I don't even know, you know, what they ultimately look like nowadays in terms of um population. It feels like they're probably a lot smaller relatively than they used to be, but it's nice that we can still have them and uh it, it's also, I think, exciting for me as someone who, you know, both of us who appreciate film and, the, and going to the theater, um, because there were definitely some time periods where, just over the last decade or so, where it felt like even just the, the future of theaters were, was really at question, right? Um, now that people have home theaters and it's sort of the rise of, you know, the golden age of TV again, um, I think that, I mean, for me, I know certainly I go to the movies a lot less than I used to. Um, and I don't know how much of that is a reflection of, you know, worse movies coming out or just me being in a different state of my life now. But um, or just being a parent nice in see. general. I mean, it is it is yeah, way harder yeah. to get to the movies. I have to say it's true that I, I, I try to go like once a month if I can. And that almost mm-hmm. never actually happens. But just just because I feel like it's like a good exercise for me to get out and, and like create time for that. Yeah, um, it is really hard, especially if, if I'm going with Micah, because it's so expensive. The second you decide to go on a it's date insane. night to a movie together, yeah. Yeah. it's so expensive, and then you don't, you can't talk, right? And part of what's right. great about having date <laughs> nights together is is it's a chance to just like sort of talk while you're not falling asleep and while the kids yeah, aren't yeah, there, yeah, just yeah. to sort of have fun. So we don't see that many movies together. Like we, you know, we go, uh, uh, you know, maybe seven or eight times a year. But, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, I'm either going alone or I'm just going with like a friend who's up for catching a movie late. Um, and and I'm and I, I appreciate that, but it definitely takes a lot of work. You know, it's a lot yes, harder now yes. to just sort of go out and catch something when it comes out in theaters. Totally. But those times where you, where I do, I definitely it's it's um. It just reminds me of the magic of cinema that's still there, you know, especially now where half the time if I'm watching something at home, you know, I'm decent about this, but I'll still have my phone nearby and like mm-hmm. you get distracted and all that. So just being in a room with other people who are all just watching, you know, one thing, there's the communal experience and the fact that that's, you know, this ephemeral experience where you're not distracted by other things. Um, it's, it's rare to sit and, you know, experience that for two hours. And I think it's more important now than ever, as you're saying, the the, the fact that it's uh, that you can't do very much else during right. that time other yeah. than be yeah. present with other people sharing an experience. And mm-hmm. I think it gets back to this idea that like – which I think came up on the show at one point of sitting around a campfire together and listening to a story, right? Yeah. Like there's something yeah. that it will always be attractive about that idea, I think, mm. of of getting into a group of people – and experiencing something dramatic because I think what happens is it touches on something ineffable within each of us that we don't really have other outlets for. I don't think that there's – I think yeah. part of why we see movies, part of why we see Star Wars, part of why we show it to our kids is because it puts into context and into the world ideas that we can't really talk about. You know, 
it, sure. it allows us to, to do something without feeling embarrassed about it and to like fire our imaginations together and to do it in a group of people and doing that signals the universal aspect of it and makes us feel mm. less alone I think I think that's right and and I think of those you know stories where they do use the hero's journey and, and how it taps into this um, I think deep desire in all of us in whatever way it might be um, to have you know to be empowered in that way and to like do something great in our lives you know like and and so I think of other movies like that for me that were such a big deal like The Matrix is another example or Lord of the Rings where um, it's someone who seemingly you know is just an everyday person stepping up and doing something amazing I mean literally saving the world in most cases but <laughs> um, but there's a part of us all that I think you know, wants that. And it's, it's not like that's obviously a dramatic interpretation of it or whatever, but we all want to be, it goes back to the Oprah thing, I guess, too, in a way, right? We all, all want to be sort of heard and accepted and sort of have this ability to, I don't know, to do something amazing. Completely. And I think because it's in such a heightened dramatic context, it's like yeah. it makes sense because proportionally speaking, like you're not traveling, you know, to through Mordor, you know, in, in real life. Like you're just <laughs> going to work and getting getting something finished in time. But like within the context of your life, which is smaller in scale than that, obviously, even though it's more emotionally resonant for you, mm-hmm. like that that is a that is a big deal, right? That is making sure yeah. that, that the day is concluded in a way that like feels like you've rectified a wrong in the world, you know, that you've gotten through the day having done something you can be proud of. And uh, so, and and I think that we need to feel like that sometimes. Like we spend so much time as a species uh, denigrating ourselves, you know, like, Mm. like feeling bad about things, feeling like we're not living up to our potential or feeling like we're not being good parents, like feeling like we don't know what we're doing. And when we see a hero triumph like that, we feel a little bit of ourselves in that journey. We see the struggle and we see the redemptive arc of that. And I think it gives us uh, like a deeper sense of of hope. Um, one thing I want to say mm-hmm. and purpose, yeah, and purpose. So in Los Angeles, you know, we had this this. Um, it was a panel discussion for it was three hours. There was a panel and then a Q and A. Wow, we had, we had three panelists. It looks awesome. The, the yeah, location. Where was it? Uh, it was in the the Pacific Stock Exchange building, which was uh, in the earlier twentieth century, like kind of like the New York Stock Exchange on the West Coast. Wow! So it's this incredible Such a cool Art Deco. Space. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and uh, and while we were there, you know, we had these panelists who were all you know incredible experts and celebrities in their own right. Uh, and uh, you know, and and we we're just you know in terms of like relative importance, like nothing, you know, like my, my buddies and I were just, we just host this like little podcast. But, um, even with that dynamic, they were, uh, it was exactly what you had talked about where as soon as we were done and we were like shaking hands, they were like, was that okay? Did, did I make sense? Yeah. Like, was that, was yeah. that, was that all right? And I'm thinking, you know, one of them, for example, Paul Salmon, who is, um, he's been in the industry for a long time. He's written a lot of books. He was on set every day for Blade Runner, writing a book mm. about the experience of it. Uh, he's just been. He just spent three weeks touring England, giving talks on Blade Runner in celebration wow. of this of this month. You know, um, and he was the first one to come up and like grab my arm afterwards. He was like, "Was I was I okay? Was that all right?" And I was thinking, wow. "That's so funny. You're right. It's a universal thing. No matter how good you are at something, and no matter yeah. how many times people tell you, you know, you've done a good job, you still want to make sure people know what you're saying that you're communicating. And, right. Uh, right. It's it is really a universal thing. I think so. We all want to have that. I think some connection, you know, with an audience or a person and know that we've contributed something meaningful. Um, And so, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about coming back to Star Wars, sort of this experience now of us as dads being able to introduce our kids to that and and be exposed to that magic and that storytelling um, again. And And it's exciting because now, you know, we get to experience it all over again in a way through their eyes. Um, which is exciting, you know, and it's also, I feel like all of us, you know, dads of this uh, generation now, I like, I can't tell you how many times I've seen another dad wearing like the same Star Wars shirt that I'm wearing or. <laughs> and it's always from like Target. All just, it's always from, it's always it's always from, from Target, Target. Every time for sure. Because I have the same shirt too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it is something that's just so, I think, um, just, you know, epitome dad <laughs> right now. Yeah, like, like, like millennial dad is, is yeah, 100% exactly. wrapped up with Star Wars. It's funny, you know, you say um, experiencing it 
in a new way uh, to an extent through their eyes. I, I think it really is actually it's always a new experience with with them. like I, I wouldn't even qualify it by saying like in a in a way it feels a lot of the time like I'm I'm seeing these things for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's from the knowledge that like I'm going to have to like help them interpret it or talk mm, about it mm. or seeing it with this awareness that they're seeing it given their frame of reference or just seeing it because I'm very different now than I was when I saw it the first I think that's yeah, honestly yeah. at the end of the day I think it's mostly because I am not the kid that watched that movie that first time like I am a different person who understands things <laughs> in a much broader way now and yet the things that I cared about then are still the same things that I care about now which mm-hmm. is kind of amazing and it really hits home this idea that like these experiences will stay with our kids, like showing yeah, them this stuff totally. and, and inculcating in them a love for this kind of fantasy. That doesn't go away. No, and I think, you know, them seeing how excited we are by it too, of course, I think gets them more excited about it. And, uh, you know, hopefully they won't then hate it after a few years when they're rebelling against us. Um, <laughs> Although they probably will, but, but that's okay. They probably will. Yeah, that's did okay you, though. Did you name Luke for the character? Have we talked about this on the air before? No, I, it's funny. It just came up um, the other day at a party that, you know, someone asked that same question. No, I mean, we, we liked the name Luke. Um, there was, I mean, that didn't hurt, you know. I'm sure I'm sure even subconsciously that was there in my brain, but it was just a name that we liked. We also, you know, uh, it's the of the Gospels um, in the Bible. That's definitely one that has resonated more. And so, you know, it's a biblical name that we liked and... Um, <laughs> but why did you give him the middle name Lightsaber? I feel like that's I mean, the thing. Yeah, I guess that that I don't have any excuse for that one. Was that that's not in the Bible? I mean, you know, it's an interpretation. <laughs> lightsaber. <laughs> well, I hope you feel better, man. It's a biblical story. Thanks. I I hope I do too. I I think I'm over the the hump. You know, no more puking today. It's just the. Uh, I think we've talked about this too. Like you have you know a day or it was like twelve hours of of puking and then you're you're just like a shell of yourself for another day after that just like just just trying to just make it through yeah just make it through so i hope i don't listen back to this and it's just terrible it's just you gargling just like yeah, exactly like i wasn't even on the call you were just like alone <laughs> with the computer running yeah um, i mean I, I did have a fever too so that could actually be that can make we'll it see. even better yeah, that's true. Uh, so when I when I left for Los Angeles, the kids were both getting a little sick. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I, I assumed by the time I got back that like they'd be over. But now they're just like even sicker than they were Ugh. before I left. So now What's I'm like, going oh my on? God. what kind of sick is it? Uh, it's it's a cough. It's just this like really persistent, mm, terrible cough. Grace has so had that. Yeah. Bad for them because they're so cute and they're coughing. They can't sleep. Um, and especially because, like, of course, because I, this is something else that, like, I guess in the last couple minutes we can talk about. So I, I, I don't travel very much, but I do travel. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I was talking with Micah about this yesterday, about the guilt that I have about this, because I don't like not being there. But I also, as part of my work, need to do this sometimes, right? Right, of course. And, yeah. I, and it's also important to them to see that I still do this and that I do have this career and, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. And it's important to me on a deep level because it helps me engage with the work that I do and the people that I work with more deeply. Sure. So, so there are reasons to do this. But it does mean that like four times a year I'm away from home for, you know, a few days. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's really hard on the kids. And I'm sure it's also hard on Michael, though she would never make me feel bad about it. But, but especially <laughs> like Jude is really affected by it. Like when we were in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, he was very emotional. My parents. Oh right, because um, you were with place. Micah too. Yeah. yeah, Micah came up halfway right. through so that she could. Um, she she basically was there so that she wouldn't miss too many classes, and so she worked it out yeah, so she was yeah. still able to come, which was absolutely awesome. amazing to have her there and got to fly back yeah. together. It was great, but it meant that like both of us were gone, you know, for right. two days, and I was gone for four days, and I feel like, um, you know, my my parents were saying how Jude was like very upset at night and. He stayed up late and, and came with my dad to get us at the airport, and and, mm. and, I, and we talked a lot about it, and uh, and it and it's really hurting him that I'm doing this, and I fucking hate that. I absolutely hate that, and I'm going really out of my way, not out of my. It's not out of my way because that's bullshit. I, I'm I'm doing as much as I can to make yeah. sure that he knows that I'm aware of that and that we're mm-hmm. maximizing the time that we have and that this is temporary and that I'll be back home in a couple of days. Right. But I'm like dreading it. I mean, I, I'm sitting here. Mm. You know, we had four days at home between trips, and we did so much great stuff and had an adventure all the time, and it was so fun. 
and uh, and I am dreading leaving, not because I'm stressed about the trip, although that's part of it, but because I'm just going to miss my family a lot. And that's something yeah, that I feel like yeah. I don't talk very much about, maybe because it's like not something that guys typically get into or something, but I, I really am already feeling homesick about this. I hear you. And it's you. really hard feel, to be gone. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's why I've not... You know, there are definitely work opportunities that I've passed up because I just don't. <laughs> I've I've also taken a few trips, but um, it is. It's just like I just don't want to be away if I don't have to. And I, and I feel like now I'm getting to a point where, you know, they're old enough. I mean, and it also turns out that last time I was away, neither of them gave a shit. So, um. <laughs> right? Because sometimes it's like that, right? The, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, like yeah. When I traveled a couple of years ago, like when I went to India, it wasn't a big deal, and I was gone right. for much right. longer than I'm going to be gone on this trip. But but developmentally, yeah. where they are right now, and then of course Henry feeds off of that too, so he gets emotional. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I mean, like I would say, and I would and I would give myself this advice too. I think um, if I were talking to myself, which you know, having the fever and all, I probably will be later. <laughs> you um, might be. <laughs> I, I think that I totally relate to you, um, but I wouldn't, I feel like I wouldn't feel guilty about it, you know, because like at the end of the day, <laughs> they're fine and they're going to be fine. And like, you know, the, I, I don't know how people do it all the time. Like there are some parents who have to do this all the time or imagine, you know, being in, in the army or something and having to be overseas. Like, I don't know how they do it. It's just got to be so hard. You know, I hadn't even thought of that, but th- there really are people who are just like you know uh, gone for months and months and months yeah, at a time yeah. too. Yeah, um, maybe that's something we can like talk about on another episode. Maybe have some people on who do travel. It'd more be great and, to talk to people. Yeah, yeah. Because because the, the people I know who are in that position still have really close relationships with their kids, and they and they make it work. Right. You know, but it, right, it's, totally. But it, it is something that maybe part of it's because of the of the balance that I have, where I really mm-hmm. don't travel very much. But when I do, it's like to another country or continent a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, and I think I think there's something else too, where um, you know, generationally, I think I I have to believe that you know, dads being away was just like a more accepted thing. Like dads just generally had less of a role in parenting, yeah, right. um, which is sad but true. And so I think. I don't know. You know, we are dads who are obviously want to put in the work and be around. It's not even work. Like we enjoy it. You know, it's the role that we're in. And so, um, I don't know. It just feels like things have really changed in a good way there in terms of, um, the fact that we even would, you know, miss our kids or not want to travel as much. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you feel better, man. All right. Thank you. Glad we're still able to talk. Hopefully everybody's enjoying this Star Wars mismatch of an episode. Hopefully it wasn't just you with the mic on mute the entire time, that's just true. Yeah, yeah, silently yeah, yeah. hallucinating that we were actually having an episode. Eh, if um, it is, that's fine. That's that would also make great radio. Yeah. So put Safe it out. Safe travels. Safe All right, travels. Talk my soon, friend. man. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.